Hi, I'm Drew. And I'm Sam. And welcome to Drooling Semantics. Excuse me, Andrew, that doesn't look like a beer. <laughs> I'm very sorry, Sam. No, you're exactly right. You, you're, you're, not, you're not wrong there. This in, uh, in my lovely stripy mug is, um, is actually tea. Um, but, but what, that, what are that, you doing? It, it's drawing semantics. We have a beer. See? Mm. I, will, I will say, any, anyway, don't criticise me. You're drinking a beer and you, you've come straight from the gym. <laughs> in your, in your, the, uh, the sweat hoodie there looking very very cool and you know you know me much better than that this is by no means a post gym outfit this is a comfy at home outfit that's all this oh, is, is i'm afraid this is a slob <laughs> with a lager out outfit is it <laughs> well yeah unfortunately so but go on then what why are you why are you defecting from the beer and um there's there's a very good reason and 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 responsible podcasting um I know I would normally be supping at something something from a can, but um, the, the tea is because um, I am uh, test driving a few cars. I will be, hopefully, oh. fingers crossed. Um, I've been on the car hunts. I need a new car um, before winter dawns, or well, as dawned already, but um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, on, I'm hunting a new car, a little bit more boot space for touring and uh, heaving stuff around to gigs. So, yeah, yeah. that's what I... Well, right. okay. that's my reason. You are forgiven, sir. That that all all is okay. So I shall cheers you anyway. But it's a bit. Of right. a, a beer I'll tea. I'll toast you there. Toast you with the tea. There we go. Go on then, mate. Other than uh, other than your car hunt this week, what have you been up to? Um, uh, I'm a little bit of a a debrief and a breakdown from the the pumpkin event. Oh, of course, yes. Um, so we we had a week's break and we were getting out of the uh, had to get out of the venue, sort all that stuff out. Um sort of post-production meetings, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that was good. That was, that was, uh, and, and, and making plans and thinking forward to uh, the event next year and yeah. what we can do. So uh, it is in the pipeline to happen again next year. I shall have another nervous breakdown with uh, four, five, six hundred pumpkins appearing again. But, um, and then I have, I did my little bit of filming this week um, oh, yes. on yes. the short Stranger Danger. Mm. Um Written by a great, a great writer. I don't know if anybody knows the writer Jerry Rain, but he writes um, wonderful what he calls suburban thrillers. And I particularly picked the guy up. I thought I recognised the name, the writer's name. Mm. Um, but he writes a lot because people may or may not know. I I live in Ealing, um, but I used to live in Acton. And Jerry Rain sets all his characters and his sort of these, these low life characters um, around Acton and Ealing, Shepherd's Bush, Hammersmith. So all the all the the venues in his books, um, I know intimately. So it's very interesting. Yeah. So that's been, uh, and I've just got a little bit of prep coming up for. Um, I've been preparing. I said I was going to record it last week, but I should be recording the listing books book list this week. Yes. So that was that was finalised. So thirty two. Uh, different blurbs on books to to read out and describe. Yeah, but good fun, good fun. How about yourself, Sam? Come on, you must have been busy. Well, so I've had uh, probably a slightly quieter week than yours. Oh, the sound of it. Um, I had a very very exciting meeting on Monday, which I can't tell you anything about yet. Uh, it's <laughs> something in the pipeline, uh, but hopefully in the near future I'll be able to reveal some exciting details there. Um, Fingers crossed for that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, aside from that, I've mainly been preparing because we are fast approaching panto season. Um, yeah. And also, as you know, I'm doing the musical at the same time. So I've got two scripts that I'm sort of trying to nail into my head and, and thinking about various different characters and, and how I'm going to apply those. And I mean, it, with panto, it, it's basically preparing to spend over a month away from home and how how that will work logistically with everything else. So there's quite mm. a lot that's that's going into it. So I'm doing a lot of prep work there. On top of that, I also had a really uh, entertaining evening at the beginning of the week where I had sort of a networking event um, where I live. I, I moved to my flat uh, three or four years ago and I don't really know the area that well because uh, the, doing the job we do, I'm on the road all the time. So I don't spend a lot of time there, really. 
So I did a shoot, photo shoot recently at a local studio or studio local to my flat. And they held a networking event this week for local photographers and models and anyone else in the industry to kind of get to know one another, exchange details um, and just kind of make some connections. And it was really, really useful because it now means that if I happen to be at my flat for an elongated period of time and I'm looking for something, I've now got a few contacts that can go, look, I'm around. Do you have anything that you want to shoot? Is there anything coming up that perhaps I can get involved in? So that was really cool. Um, That's what I wasn't expecting from that was to actually do any modelling because I thought, well, it's, it's a nice networking event, chat to a few people, hand out my business cards and sort of work out what, what's going on in the area. So obviously I made an effort. I was dressed up nicely and <laughs> wanted people to think, oh, look, this guy can present himself. But I wasn't perhaps ready to, to pose or expecting to be on camera all that much. So maybe my hair wasn't done in a normal style or my beard wasn't quite as trimmed as it might usually be. But lo and behold, yes. Oh, we've got some new equipment here that we're looking at and we just wanted to show off some of it. Do you mind getting in front of the camera, Sam? Oh, bloody hell. Go on. Yeah, all right then. So I ended up having a few photos. And actually, I have to say, some of the photographers there were were incredible. So got some really, really amazing shots that I wasn't expecting to get. But as said, yeah, perhaps I wasn't quite prepared as I might have been. Well, it's not like you, Sam. I mean, you're usually pristinely turned out. I mean, maybe not today. I mean, you know, you're you're chilling a little bit, a little yeah. weak. No, no, I don't mean it. But it is it it is kind of important to sort of always, you know, keep well groomed and that. We've we've had this discussion in the past, you know, like keeping up and keeping fit and keeping well groomed. But it it does that that presentation and and looking good and uh, it does kind of segue nicely. Oh, into, he's got one. <laughs> I got one. Into um, our very, very special guest. Uh, who we join us shortly today. Yes, indeed. Uh, uh, I mean, are you going to say any? I was going to pass that over to you. There, the ball was gently, you know, handed off to Mister to Mister Dunning. <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, we are being joined today by an incredibly talented young lady who, yeah, uh, I suppose, is is a works in a part of the industry that is, I was going to say overlooked. I don't think overlooked is the right word, but certainly underappreciated maybe, or I, th- I think you, you, you mentioned it before with another role, and I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, but where essentially if she does her job right or if she does her job really well, you won't notice that she's done it. It's, yeah. it's probably the best way of looking at it. Um, yeah. Which sounds incredibly cryptic, but I've got a solution to explain uh what what exactly we're talking about because she is here drew so uh we shall now let her in here we go hello good morning welcome the amazing rebecca grace is joining us uh makeup artist hairstylist wig extraordinaire uh welcome to dueling semantics welcome hey <laughs> it's lovely to see you uh this is my partner in crime drew drew this is the lovely becky um good morning becky and- I guess the best way to start, really, rather than me trying to cobble something together, uh, Becky, just explain for everyone at home exactly what you do and what your position in the industry is. Okay, so um, I am a makeup artist, a wig stylist um, and a beautician. Um, So I've got quite a lot of jobs that I've done in the past um, and I'm actually now um, teaching in the industry. Amazing. And uh, I think... It's fair to say that your your work has kind of taken you to all, I mean, all corners of the earth. I mean, all areas of the industry and all kind of different levels and, and uh, entertaining elements. Um, but I suppose the best way to start, actually, is to talk about how you got involved in what you do. So what started you out in the world of, of makeup and wigs and hair? So, um I've always been quite creative and I knew that I, from the very start that um, I'd be in the creative industry, just wasn't quite sure exactly where I would be to start with. Um, I actually studied at a local college um, and became a beauty therapist after, well, about two and a half years of training, um, which then led me into the beauty industry um, where I was working in salons and spas and and different places like that. Um, it was only when I was at college that I was told that there was actually a course that involved makeup and hair design for music, television and film. And this was at Southampton Solent University. Mm. So I applied for a position there and I was lucky enough to get one. 
um, which then led me into going into university where um, I studied makeup and hair design for music, television and film, um, in which I completed the course and graduated. Um, and then it was from then that my sort of um, first steps within the industry began, really. And from there, I mean, we know that you are enormously in demand. You only have to go on your website and go, when does she ever get a chance to breathe? <laughs> but um, I mean, you, 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 apart from that, you, when you run your own company as well, I mean, you are Rebecca Grace, the, the, the brand. We'll put that out there for you. Um, I mean, I mean, you were even, your hard work was even recognised by the Prince's Trust. I mean, that must have been so, so rewarding. And, you know, has that given you a boost? Is that recognition? Absolutely. And I can't recommend the charity enough. Um, when I first began um, working, certainly in the makeup industry, uh, it was a friend of mine that recommended um, the fact that they support local people who are looking to become entrepreneurs. Um, and I think you had to be under the age of 30. And um, I attended a week long course with them in which they would help you with business um, plans, business ideas. Um, and there was a potential at the end, um, you know, if your business plan was um, to the standard that they expected, uh, they would actually give you some money and some help um, into opening and setting up your own business. So um, I was really fortunate, actually, that I managed to um, impress. It's a little bit, the way that I would describe that particular experience is very much Dragon's Den. So you sort of arrive, there's people sat around a table and you're thinking, I just hope that you guys can see what I can see. And thankfully, um, they all jumped on board and I was really, really lucky that they um, actually supported my business. I was given a business mentor for, it was supposed to be for a year, but I hung on to him for about three. Um, <laughs> And yeah, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And it's really, it's such a good charity because it is charity work that they do. Um, the money that they use is all um, charity money that's been raised. Um, and even my business mentor was um, a, well, he was actually a retired plumber, um, but they're all volunteers. So they actually spend their time, um, you know, free of charge to help and assist young people that are looking to perhaps um you know create a business or or start off on their own so yeah it was really 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 good um and a massive step in the right direction for my career oh brilliant stuff and and you are you're involved in coaching and mentoring yourself aren't you you've, you've carried on sort of putting back as you as we might say Absolutely. And I think everybody in this industry should do exactly the same, to be honest with you, because, you know, um, we sort of get to a point where we've learned so many different things. Um, you know, we've worked in lots of different industries or parts of the industry. And um, it's good to be able to give that back to people that are just starting off, because sometimes you do feel like you're a little bit lost and whether mm. you don't really know whether you're on the right track or, you know, heading in the right direction. So to be able to tell other people, you know, hang on, hang on in there and it will happen. Um, it's really important. I wish somebody had done the same for me. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there's, yeah. um, it, it's, it's testament to how hard you've worked to to the level you're at now. Um, can you give uh, for for all the listeners and watchers just a, a brief overview of some of the incredible companies you work with, some of the opportunities that you've got, and and sort of some of the areas that you've branched out into within the industry? Okay, so um, when I first started, I would say my adventure into the industry, um, I was lucky enough to actually begin my first ever job working as a wig stylist was for Merlin Entertainment. Um, and for people that don't know who Merlin are, they own uh, sort of Legoland in Windsor, they own um, Thought Park, all the sort of main, the big attractions, London Dungeons. Um, there's lots and lots of places um, that, that come within Merlin. I was lucky enough to work for Legoland. That was my first job. Um, and I was assisting them as a wig stylist for some of their live shows that they have on in the park. Um, Finishing that, because obviously when you're working in sort of like a theme park, um, they quite often, it's just seasonal work. So I finished there and I managed to then get onto a touring show, which was called Thoroughly Modern Millie, which is a 1920 show. And it was my first show touring around the UK um, and actually, um, you know, going from one place to another and, and touring with a show, which was completely out of my comfort zone. But now I could do it stood on my head. Um, so, yeah, that was absolutely brilliant. I then went on to work in uh, the I went to go and work in London. I was working in some shows in Angel in sort of North London. Um, 
and some of these were plays and, and small productions. Um, and again, because they're small productions, they, they're only on for maybe sort of six weeks, maybe eight weeks, maybe 12, and then that's it, it's done. Um, and thankfully, at that particular time, they were actually looking for somebody um, at the Palace Theatre in the West End, um, which holds Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. And I just knew that I just needed to be involved in this completely. Uh, Drew um, knows it, it's my dream. Harry Potter yeah. is one of my dream roles, theatrical roles. Like just, yeah. uh, so it's so jealous that you were involved. It's such an incredible show. Such It's so show. good. I mean, I have to be totally honest and I don't want to offend anybody now. It was slightly wasted on me. Um, <laughs> when I sort of got there, I thought, well, I've never read of the, any of the books. I've watched a couple of the films, but I couldn't remember how many there was. So I was thinking, I've got <laughs> I'm not sure. And then they're saying to me, this character's this person, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, okay, I have no idea who that is, but that's fine. And quite often in shows, that's how you begin anyway. You don't yeah. necessarily need to know the ins and outs of how, the, you know, what the plot is or anything. You just need to know this is where you've got to be on the side of the stage and this is what you've got to do. Mm. So um, anyway, I worked, um um with Harry Potter for a few months absolutely loved it um obviously I was actually commuting from Southampton to um London's West End for that show um and there's not a lot of shows <laughs> to be honest with you that I would do that commute for <laughs> I absolutely loved it so um I worked for them for a short while and then I was offered um another tour and I thought while I'm at the age that I was at the time you know, I needed to go off and just do a bit of everything. So I was offered a tour um, called Nativity. Um, obviously, this was like a Christmas sort of based um, tour. So we were touring all around the country. Uh, we had different um, sort of celebrity personalities, we like, who um, came with us and they swapped and changed throughout the show. So it was quite fun and quite exciting. So it was always somebody new that you'd be working with every week. Um, and I absolutely loved it because we had children within the show as well. And it was quite a, uh, you know, quite a lot of children that are part of the nativity wow. show. And that was really, really good fun because they always say you should never work with animals or children. So I was like, let's give this a go. This will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> they were absolutely brilliant. And all of them, I think we know in this industry that those types of kids, they're different. They are so different. They've just got this little bit of like, stardom in them already you know and they're just little divas loved it so I worked on that show for a little while um and um again unfortunately that came to a came to an end and I I, I was just scrolling through jobs I wasn't particularly looking at that point um and I found a job <laughs> that said Disney and I thought oh like you know I did I had no idea what it was going to be about I didn't for one minute think that it was actually Disney I think I thought it was just a bit of a joke to be honest and when I eventually found it um I applied for the position thinking I wouldn't hear anything back and then I did I had a response to say they were interested um it was quite a lengthy process I think I had about five interviews they want to know everything about you. Obviously, they were interviewing me from America. So I was having interviews at like seven o'clock in the evening. It was all like all over the place. Um, and when you, because it was for Disney Cruise Line, you actually have to sort of wait for your position to become available. Mm. So you're almost waiting for the person that's doing your job at the moment to then have their leave for you to then jump in, basically. Yeah. So I was sort of waiting around for, it was quite a long time. It was almost over a year, actually. And I sort of had that in the background. But to be honest, it got to a point where I thought, I don't, I think they might have forgotten about me. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, on Christmas Eve of, I think it was 20, 20 it would have been 2019, um, on Christmas Eve, they messaged me saying, these are your flights. This is your, these are the details. We'll see you in like less than three weeks. Um, I was actually working in a spa at the time. I had to um, write my letter of resignation there and then on Christmas Eve and hand it wow. to my boss, who said, if you don't go, I'm going. So <laughs> she was very, very supportive. Um, and off I went. And that was, yeah, that was uh, the beginning of 2020, which was very interesting. So I flew straight out there. I worked within the parks. We did lots and lots of training before I actually went on to the Disney Cruise Line ship itself. Um, and it was just an absolutely amazing experience. Um, I was assisting in both wigs and makeup. Um, I say assisting, actually. I was the only person on the cruise ship that actually did my job, which they actually call in America cosmetology. Um, so I, it was a little bit daunting knowing that I had somebody training me. But when they got off at 
at the next port. That was it. I was on my own yeah. and there was no wow. need to talk to or do anything. But um, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. I had such a good time. Um, unfortunately, then um, we started to hear about this little word that was called COVID. Um, <laughs> and this was at like, the, this was sort of end of March. Was it end of March? And people were sort of saying, oh yeah, about this COVID stuff. And I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got stuff to do. Speak to you later. <laughs> and uh, getting on with my day. And then it's, it's, people were saying in the in the canteen area that um one of the parks had closed now disney don't close parks for nothing uh, okay and we were like mm, this is not looking good and then all of our guests sort of got off the ship on the saturday which was normal that was our port day and we were expecting our new guests to get on and nobody got on um and we've been told that actually you know we're, what we're gonna do is we are gonna have a week of just going cruising around cl- you know clean everything up they actually sometimes call these like a ghost cruise um and sometimes these happen if it's during like hurricane season or something you know and, and it's not particularly safe when people don't really want to be on a cruise ship during that time so we, we just expected to go out for, to sea for a week and then we'd come back and we'd just pick everybody up the following saturday yeah. and <laughs> that didn't happen <laughs> and you know we were that was the end of that really um the only thing I will say is there was lots of cruise ships that were really struggling during this time um there were times that I would speak to my family during this time and I was in the safest place in the world we were being looked after so well um we were being paid nobody was you know everybody was being paid to be on the ship um although there was disaster going on all over the world we were at one point just anchored just outside of Port Canaveral no COVID on our ship nobody was getting on nobody was getting off and we were in the safest place in the world and I'd be communicating with family back home and they'd be telling me that people are arguing over toilet roll in Tesco's so I felt quite happy to be where I was to be honest but um obviously unfortunately that all had to come to an end at the beginning of April um and I actually flew back to the UK and it was a real low there was obviously I was speaking to all my friends within the West End everybody had said you know we're not working we don't know how long we're going to be working for it was it was awful and as time went on um I have to be honest I feel as if this industry was massively forgotten about I think a lot of people had forgotten about what you know, every other job was being mentioned all the time. Oh, this job's doing this and these people can't work and these people. But nobody ever spoke about performing arts and nobody spoke about anything like that. And it was quite heartbreaking, really, to see all of my friends, um, you know, not knowing what was what was going to happen next, really. Um, I was fortunate enough after, I say after we were allowed back out, sort of after lockdown, um, I managed to get into a teaching position at a local college, which is actually the college that I originally trained at. Um, So I've kind of done full circle. And I just thought, after all the shows that I've worked on, the experiences that I've had, the traveling, and actually knowing that there's more out there um, for people to potentially work towards, I thought I need to share this information. I need to like sort of give this back to everybody else because the only reason I found out was because I sort of went from step to step. I never had anybody say, did you know you could do this? Or did you know you could do that? Um, And now when I'm at the college and I'm saying to people, you know, you could be working on cruise ships and they're thinking, oh, I never knew that, you know, um, as a makeup artist, I could work on a cruise ship. And I'm like, yeah, and you can do this and you can do that. And you can work on that. <laughs> so now I'm just sort of giving back to everybody and telling everybody what is available. And it's the best time, I think, for me to be speaking to young people about these um, opportunities, because now that the industry has reopened, certainly my position in particular, there's a lot of jobs out there at the moment and yeah. there's a lot of opportunity. And I'm getting to an age where I'm quite happy to be a little bit more settled. So what I want to do is push them out there instead and kind of live my life through them. <laughs> so that's my next mission. Send them off. <laughs> that's it. Send them off. Send them out into the world. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just an incredible array and adventure. I mean, there you were. I mean, I, I just love the idea that, that, that the world of Disney was, was looking after you. You were a make-believe world when everybody else is out there going, where are we going to get our bog roll from? You know? <laughs> I know. Literally, Vicky has we plenty. 
We were so, so lucky. They kept the crew morale was there, was what was most important to them. And, um, you know, there's a lot of areas that when you work on a cruise ship, it's sort of um, guest only um, areas. We were in the swimming pools. We were <laughs> at the crew bar. We were at the posh bar that no one's allowed to go to. No crew members are allowed in there. We were up there every night, you know, um, and we were just making the most of the experience because, you know, it was such an awful time for so many people, yeah. um, you know, but we had to take advantage of where we were and there was one we had the most amazing captain on our ship as well and he kept us just outside of Port Canaveral but within a cellular zone so we were able to use our mobile phones we were able to communicate with family wi-fi usually costs money on the ship that was all free of charge they wanted people to be you know connected with the world at this particular time and that was so so good and we got I think we had had about 20 plus days where we'd been on the ship and everyone was still having a great time but they had to stop at certain ports to refuel. Um, and also, although we weren't allowing anybody on and off the ship, cargo still had to be sort of um, taken around and, and whatnot to different islands. And Disney actually own um, an island in the Bahamas called Castaway Key, which we used to go to on a Saturday with all of our guests. And um, our captain actually spoke to the Bohemian government and said, look, you know, we've got these crew, this crew on board. Is there any way? And, and during oh. lockdown, when you guys were all in, indoors we had a day in the Bahamas and it was amazing it was so good right and that's the end of this episode because I'm fed up <laughs> with you having a good time through cake yeah, honestly, <laughs> honestly like my friends list on on social media was just deteriorating day <laughs> by day people were like I don't care what she's doing I don't want to know anymore uh, no, there, there's all of us in the supermarkets fighting over the last <laughs> loaf of bread and you're in a bikini on a beach and yeah Shocking yeah. behaviour, but no, no, you worked bloody hard to get where you were, and <laughs> and as you said, I I've actually heard it from other people who have worked for Disney. They are you you work hard, you play hard, but they yeah. look after you incredibly, mm-hmm. and mm. and that's why, as you say, you had to go through so many stages, so many interviews to get there because Disney will only take the best. They only want people who are are going to up the brand and just make everything yeah. work. And as a result, yeah. you then get treated. I won't say like royalty. I mean like royalty because clearly you were. But it's it's a case of they are top of the game for a reason. And likewise, they will then look after those involved as well. So uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I I was going to ask, is there a favourite client you've worked for? But I think it's kind of a null and void question after hearing. I would say, to be honest, they during such an awful time, they they really they did us they they did us proud and you know I hope we did the same for them and so actually you know I would say that they did look after us really really well so it probably would be Disney definitely Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna spin it on his head now because I mean obviously that was you know you 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 work for the best because you are obviously the top of your tree um and that was a that was a a a great situation out of a you know possible disaster Hmm. Has there ever been uh, an occasion, and this is a rude question, where something has gone disastrously wrong? I mean, I did a job many, many years ago, and and the, the makeup artist coloured my hair. She sprayed it, sprayed this colour in my hair, coming back, and I was just I, there. Was... This must have been a while ago because you're suggesting you had a full head of hair, Drew. Which... Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I had hair. <laughs> and it wasn't I mean, it, it wasn't dark enough could you believe um so they, they, she combed color into my hair and um we went under the lights and, and and during the day my hair changed color it went from sort of black to a sort of green color uh and then sort of mustard color it just slowed it and so we and because every you know the cameraman and and you know they were going um yeah, could, we, could you just you know have a look at Andrew's hair. So the more of this stuff she put in to colour up, to cover up the fact oh, that it was changing colour, this is the. And then I ended up at the end of the day with mustard coloured hair. It was just ridiculous. I got home and showered. It was fine, but it was hysterical because every now and again I go, okay, um, can we check lights, sound, uh, Andrew's hair? <laughs> just becoming. So I mean, I know that was, you know, but has, have you ever, ever had anything? I mean, you know, at any time that has gone disastrously wrong. Okay, open the, open so, the door, make us. I mean, I would. This, this is this is almost an exclusive because there's only a few people that know about this because I oh, don't really excellent. want too many people <clears throat> to know. Um, we love so, an exclusive on Drawlist. <laughs> so please, <laughs> yeah. let us go for it. Go. 
And I can assure you, this was the first show that I ever, that I was ever doing on my own, my own plot um, on Harry Potter and the First Child. And there is a particular part of the show um, where there is a scene where certain people, certain actors run towards me and I basically, my only job at this, and there was a lot of quick changes. There was a lots of, um, you know, more in depth um, things I had to do within the show, but this is just the, the, the quickest change ever. And all I had to do was plop a wig onto, not even anybody with hair. He didn't even have hair, this particular actor. Just put a wig on his head for the OAP scene that is within um, Harry Potter and the First Child. And then they run back on stage and then they're all like old people and they're all going crazy within the show, okay? So that's all I had to do was just put a wig on this gentleman's head and let him run back out. I put it on upside down. <laughs> wig was upside down. <sighs> now, I was, I was fortunate because... Um, it was kind of like an afro type wig. So the hair was kind of like all over the place. Um, it wasn't like there wasn't a particular like parting or there wasn't any lace or anything like that. Um, but the thing is, he would, this is how quick the quick change was. He would run out and turn around and I would put the wig straight over his head and then he would run back onto stage again. It was seconds, literally seconds. So I had to think, right, okay, so he's going to run towards me, he's going to turn around. But I had the wig in my hand as if he hadn't turned around. So the label was at the bottom, but that ended up up here. (laughs) <laughs> and he ran out on stage with the wig upside down on his head. I was obviously mortified. It was my first time on my own with my own plot on one of the biggest shows in the West End. And at that particular point, I allowed him to go out with his wig upside down. And because he was such a gentleman and because he was just he, just a lovely guy, he literally just said to me, oh, just so you know, I didn't realise but you know, that the wig, he said it was upside down. He said, don't make it easy. He goes, oh, no one would have noticed. He said, I didn't even notice till I took it off. And I thought, what a nice guy. But inside, I was so embarrassed. Oh, bless <laughs> you. And then obviously everybody knows you've just started this new gig and they're like, oh, you know, how's it going? How's it going? And especially on your first day, I've got a lot of supportive friends and family and they message me and say, you know, like, how was your first day? And a majority of them, I was like, oh, yeah, it was great, blah, blah, blah. But you just can't lie to your mum. So straight away, she said to me, you know, how was your first day? I was like, mum, I put a wig upside down on the side. <laughs> ran out. The biggest show in the West End at that particular point. I said, with a wig upside down on his head. And he was like, she was like, that's okay, darling. You'll be fine next time. You know, like what? all the support. But I was just mortified, absolutely mortified. And I don't actually remember the head of department even knowing that that had happened. I think it was just a quiet word. So it was amended immediately and I never put that wig on upside down ever again <laughs> ever. because I knew I just knew but yeah accidents happen it's just sort of the way that you come about it I think afterwards but yeah <laughs> brilliant but, but it's it's all part of the story isn't it it's all part of of that learning and going through and progression in a career everyone makes mistakes and everyone learns things as you go and I think it'd be quite a boring industry if we didn't have random stories and things to tell and when you're working on definitely theater production you quite often have such such good fun backstage that I've been we've been messing about you know the wig station was always where the party was at because I'd always bring sweets in and all sorts and everybody would be hanging out where I am and they're having their like wigs changed and whatever and we'd be chatting and the amount of times that people would go that's my cue and they're backstage at the wig desk they're not even side of stage and they're running to get onto the stage it happens all the time and and as far as the audience are concerned they don't really notice anything like that happening um and as long as you're out there when you need to be out there but yeah sometimes I think you do have a little bit too much fun backstage that you forget really what you're there for (laughs) it's 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 always lucky to be in this industry where we can have a bit of fun with it as well yeah that's nice if you can't laugh you know but yeah. it's always a makeup truck when you're filming. You think, I'm going to go over to makeup because they have the Haribo, they have the oh. cakes. You know, yeah. there's always a television on in there. You know, mm-hmm. nowhere else. You go, just going to just gonna nip the makeup and you're going to hide out there, you know. And like seven, when everybody else is setting up in the morning, makeup are always there at the crack of dawn. Yeah. And you go in there and it's, they're always smiling, always friendly. You think, how on earth do you do this? Because everyone else is bloody miserable. And you're- I think you just—I think you just sum that up by saying Harry Bow. To be honest, I think that's how a lot of us <laughs> get through the day. To be quite yeah. honest, just feed us tea and coffee throughout the day, and anything sweet bring to the desk, and we'll be—we'll be there for you. Not for yeah. 
<laughs> it's one of it, it's because it's it is one of those skills that like like Sam was saying at the beginning, we don't notice the skill. People don't see the skill. Mm. I mean, we're famous in this country for you know our, our, our costume dramas. Yeah. And and so I mean, like the like thoroughly modern Millie. I mean that the, the the period stuff on that on that show. If if you see it, you go, oh, there's been a makeup artist, to be honest. But if you don't see it, it's like everything else. You know that like yeah. we had um, we, we you know we had someone from the stunt world on, um, and they were saying if 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 it goes well, you don't you just go, right, that was great. You know, and if you look at your work on stage, you go, you know, that looks amazing. But you don't see that literally, don't see the joints unless the wings are upside down. But I mean, <laughs> you know. That is is that rewarding in itself that people get, don't comment on the work or, or do you sometimes go, yeah, I wouldn't mind someone coming up and saying occasionally, that's you know, that's great. I think sometimes you in your head, uh, you know, you're your own worst enemy because you do critique your work all the time. Um, but actually, I think so. Another show that um, I took part in um, a couple of years ago was Shrek the Musical. And I think sometimes when a show like that, there's so many children within the audience as well. And the curtain goes up and they, that you know, the first time that they see Shrek or the first time they see Fiona or Lord Farquaad, especially. The, the, hearing that... Um, sort of audience reaction um, and people cheering and people laughing and people having fun. That's, that's almost enough for me to be honest yeah. with you. Because I know that it, don't get me wrong. 99% of that cheer is because of that actor or, or the actress who have gone out on stage and they're performing, but you know, they, they're only as good as they look sometimes as well, you know, and you know that you're part of that. So, uh, you know, that, I mean, just having, uh, just hearing that sort of response from, from the audience quite often is enough for me to feel like quite good about what, what I've done and, and, and been part of. There's a, a very famous, uh, I'm not going to mention the actors, actress, but there, there's a story of, um, an actress uh, in the West End, I think it was in the West End or Broadway, she was on a big show, big star, um, yep. and was a pain in the ass to uh, everybody involved and would go out on, in the show every night and get this wonderful round of applause on her entrance because um, everybody loved who she was. Um, but one night she walked out and there was nothing apart from sort of giggles and titters. And uh, she walked off and then this huge burst, you know, laughter she walked up into the wings and she'd been such a cow to the backstage and the crew and makeup that no one told her that her dress was tucked in her knickers. Um, so they let her walk out. Oh I know. Oh then that God. just goes to show you, yeah, don't, 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 yeah. no, don't bite the no, hand that feeds you. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, it's, I, I think I've been, at, I've actually, I think I've been really, really fortunate with the people that I work with. And sometimes, um, you know, you get told that there'll be certain celebrities that you might be working with and you think, oh, yeah, I know what they're going to be like. And actually, when they turn up, they completely surprise you. And if anyone's a cow, you're a cow for judging them in the first place. <laughs> Um, I've just been really, really fortunate with everybody that I've worked with, especially I think more so when you're on tour because you're living in each other's pockets, basically. And yeah. the people that you work with are the people that you're going to have your breakfast, your lunch and your dinner with. They're also the people that at the end of the day, when you're feeling tired and you just want to go out for a sociable drink after work, they're the people you're going to be with. You're with them all the time. So actually, maybe some people don't like you, but you know what? It makes it easier to be friends with everybody when you're on tour because... You're with them or not. And sometimes on tours, you know, they're over a year, you know, a year long. They can be longer than that. They can be like a two-year tour. So you don't have much choice, really. But I've been on tours that have only lasted six months. And I've become so close with some of the people that I work with. Um, just because I think you, you, you're you just with them all the time. Mm. Um, so it, it is nice if you can be with the right people. Um, because it makes your job a lot easier as well. Oh, a lot easier, yeah. Definitely. I mean, Drew oh, and I have worked together for a... As a, bri- as a form of bribery as well. I mean, I've always got sweets at my desk. You know, as a little bit of like a friendship token, you know, come to me. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Drew and I worked together for many years and we, we've ended up stuck with each other. So you've got to be nice to people. You never know <laughs> yeah, when you end up yeah. with them for a long time. But uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, it, it's been amazing chatting to you, Becky. Thank you so much for coming on. I know you've got to run because you've got the, the busiest diary of anyone <laughs> I know because you do everything. Uh, I do, but yeah. To to finish up with, could you please leave us? And, and we often ask our guests to do this. And you obviously told us the amazing story of the wig. But do you have 
a funny anecdote or a story, something from the industry that, that will live with you forever that you can share with everyone that's just something that we love to to shock and surprise and make our guests, uh, make our, our viewers and listeners laugh. So have you got a funny story that kind of sums up your time in the industry? You know, I mean, the wig thing is probably the biggest one for me that I will never forget because it being such a, a, a big show and my first time and it was just everything all rolled into one and that will unfortunately stay with me forever. Um, <laughs> but really, I mean... Other than that, I mean, other things that have happened in the industry quite that happen quite often that make me chuckle is quite often, unfortunately, there are situations where people are off sick or um, as in actors or actresses that are poorly or you have somebody that's had an accident um, during a show that might have like hurt themselves. And one thing that stuck with me, and I always remember it during Thoroughly Modern Millie tour, was um, one of our um, actors, he came injured whilst on the show he stood on a microphone stand and it hit him in the face like a rake would and cut his eyebrow open completely everyone was going oh my god oh my god they're sorting everything out the the curtain came down and it was like right we need to you know sort this out and we were like working out who his cover was and and one of the guys that stood there was going oh I hope he's all right blah blah and I went yeah I said right let's get you ready he said yeah no no I'm just checking that he's all right and everything I said no we've got to get you ready I said you're his cover and he went Oh my God. And honestly, the mad panic of somebody sort of said, I'm just going to make sure that this guy's all right. Not in his head, even thinking. And obviously I'm thinking, I've got to change your wig. I've got to sort out your makeup. We've got to get you on stage in like the next few minutes. The audience all sat there thinking, what the hell's going on? (laughs) Um, And unfortunately he's too worried about, obviously one of the other guys within the cast, whether he's okay, that he's not even remembering. So I'm sort of doing his makeup. I've got one of, I've got my assistant stood next to me. She's holding on to his script, trying to get him to like sort of memorize what we've got to do. And then that's kind of like what life is backstage in the theatre world. And we're quite fortunate sometimes, I think, as well, because when when you perform in theatre, especially, obviously, every show's always going to be slightly different and it's always going to be slightly different. So when things like that happen, you can kind of get away with it. Um, to a certain extent so although I haven't had many challenging experiences or embarrassing stories to tell you guys um that kind of worries me because it means that I've still got that to come (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) great oh yeah it's something to look forward to it's something to go madly wrong and 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 it'll mean that we can have you back on the show in in a year oh yeah and just say everything you know what I said last time yeah, completely wrong. Now I've got a list of <laughs> catastrophes for you. Oh, brilliant. Oh, good. <laughs> but uh, it's been at such a pleasure to, to to have you on and chat with you, Becky. It's been a, a great, great time. Um, and yeah, we're going to have you back. We always say as well, we never have enough time for our guests. They've always got masses to tell us. So, um, you know, on the, on that note, you've got to come back and tell us more. As you see, Sam, it's got to come back. We, we need this. We need a ray yeah. of sunshine in this weather. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all our, all our so viewers particularly will be so happy that, that they yeah. have someone to, to watch rather than two moaning old gits that, that just <laughs> have stuff to complain about every week. So yeah. on that level, purely, you've got to come back. But uh, no, thank you so, so much for joining us. And uh, have have a fantastic Christmas because we know you'll be mega busy over there as well. Yeah. So, uh, but yes, thank you so much. And we'll speak to you very, very soon. Thanks Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. You know, sometimes, Sam, it is just a joy to just see how much someone loves what they're doing. I mean, you know, everyone, you've just had the the, the absolute pleasure of being in the company of, of, of Becky, Rebecca Grace. And and the simple joy and love she has for her work. I mean, it's so so nice yeah. and so rewarding just to have that 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 time with someone who, who loves their business and loves their work. Real passion, genuine Real passion. passion for what she does, and the fact that she is now giving that back in the form of tuition, coaching, mentoring. Yeah, yeah, re- really does show that. This industry is the place that people fall in love and and end up being absolutely content and loving what they do, and and it's, she's it's, a perfect example of that. It's generosity of spirit as well, isn't it? Because it's that that love for what you do, 
entertaining um, and helping people. And as you say, then giving it back in the form of coaching and mentoring and teaching. It's fully rounded generosity. It's great to see. Lovely stuff. Yeah. And I mean, she she's, she has some wonderful stories, but yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there was even more we chatted about, you know, before before we recorded. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and something we should mention, actually, because she, she mentioned right at the beginning, uh, quite early on in the chat about uh, they always say don't work with children <laughs> and animals. And for, for our more observant listeners and, and viewers, you may have noticed there were some noises going on in the background. Now, don't worry, it wasn't Drew having a moment or a microphone playing up. You know, Becky has a, a, a gorgeous little pug called Marcel, Lovely. and he very much wanted to be involved. Um, but he had to make do with being content uh, playing with a chew toy, I think. So if you're wondering what some of the weird noises were, don't worry, it wasn't one of us having a moment. Uh, no, Marcel was in the background. But, he was in the background. But actually, mentioning animals, uh, Becky told us an amazing story <laughs> off, off screen, uh, off recording, about one of her main duties for, uh, for Disney. And uh, I, I know you're a huge fan, so I'll, I'll let you fill in this one. Um, <laughs> It was. It was. Was it one day? One day of the week is given over on the Disney ship to to uh, Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, and one of Becky's duties was uh, as to <laughs> it's a great to groom Chewbacca. Yeah, um, and stand when she said to me, she had to stand on a stool because he was so tall, and um, give him a bit of a brush down and, and groom him down, and then send him off <laughs> to go and see his adoring. How, how do you? And, and, and she, she said it to us. How do you put that on a CV? What were your previous jobs? Well, I, I was I was a Chewbacca groomer. Like <coughs> what? A, and 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 the other one, she she was saying she she used to airbrush the genie. I mean, have have those words ever been put in one sentence before? I don't oh, yeah. think so, mate. I, I'll be back in a minute. I've just got to go and airbrush a genie. <laughs> like, mental, but. But just some incredible stories, a brilliant guest to have on. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Becky, for yeah. joining us. Um, and, and as usual, mate, we come to a point where we go, well, we've just had someone amazing on chatting about some incredible things. How the bloody hell do we follow up to it? I, I honestly don't know, mate. I honestly don't know. Because, I mean, I've got a few things coming up this week that pale into insignificant. <laughs> Compared to air brushing a genie, you know, yes, or, or grooming a Chewbacca, <laughs> or grooming Chewbacca, yeah. yeah. So, but go on, what have you got coming up? Oh, I mean, it's 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 as I say, it's continuing. It's got getting things done before you know getting into the the the, the depths of Panto. But um, I shall be if I don't find um, anything today, car wise, I'll be um, car hunting. Mm. Um, I've got I'm recording the um, the book list this week, so the the, yes. the yeah. I've got that I've got a deadline for that, so that'll get done. Um, and then at the end of the week, I shall be um, immersive theatering. I shall be doing a, a gig at the end of the week, or a couple of gigs at the end of the week. So yes. yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah. That's me. Mm. Are you busy, or are you 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 going to continue chilling out in your in your cool hoodie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, odds and sods again this week. Um, yep. I've got another review. I haven't done a review for a long oh, cool, time. Yes. Sadly, the, the previous review I, I was booked in for, uh, was it last month, month before, uh, never materialised because uh, nobody had any fuel. So I wasn't able to go anywhere, sadly. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I, I'm, I'm reviewing a show this week. So I've got my reviewer hat back on. Um, and then other than that, yeah, I've got, um, I've, I've got a few... I've got some shows coming up. I've, I've got various bits coming up this week. Yeah. The, the majority of what I'm doing at the moment, as I said uh, earlier, is I'm, I'm just prepping now because Panto is so close and rehearsals for the musical kick in again. So just going over scripts, planning costumes and, and makeup and hair. So I may have to give Becky a shout and ask for some yeah. advice. Uh, I, I'm not sure whether she's done panto before actually but i'm sure she'll have some some good hints for panto villain so uh so yeah just just a whole load of prep work and and getting ready for what is the busiest time of year for us so yeah yeah getting locked into it yeah and you say you're you're actually you'll you'll be away from home for that period won't you so yes yeah so i i leave at the end of november and because the musical runs sort of concurrently although i will have chance to sort of pop backwards and forwards for the majority of the time, I'm going to be away up until sort of mid-January. So it's quite a, quite an intensive period. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm really, really looking forward to it, obviously. Yeah. It's, it's just, 
we've said before, but you, you can't really not have a great time doing Panto. It's just a great laugh. So. Now, did, did you? And on that note, I just little thing before we leave. Did you notice? Uh, oh, did you hear the the the? the well, I think it was on on one of the breakfast television programs that uh, a gentleman was slightly concerned about um, uh, pantomime and that there should be warnings um, about the content of the of, of the pantomime. I didn't see no. the interview. This, this is secondhand. So, but apparently uh, there, there should be sort of, I don't know, parental or content warnings, I think, as to what it is. So there, there may be things that would shock or disturb children or um be contentious well yeah i know i can see the look on your face sam and and and, and anybody who's listening who can't see sam's face at this precise moment his jaw has just hit the floor <laughs> i was the same but apparently this is this is a thing someone was concerned that um people might be upset or children disturbed by pantomime so maybe there should be um warnings beforehand or something in the program or whatever i mean uh, I, I would have a response to that, but we do try and keep these clean as we do. <laughs> if you if you if you need warnings on Panto, what has the world really come to? Well, I have to say, I I, I do agree. I mean, obviously people are entitled to their opinion. I he's entitled to his opinion. I think he's crazy. Yeah. But um ridiculous as it is, my concern is that there may come a time when a, a content warning is 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 necessary. I mean, a, a show that children, adults, people should see, or is a great show, and you have to put a warning or or some little content warning. These aren't going to be taken seriously, and and you know it it would be it would be a shame to to have a show marred because you can't say something or people not enjoy it when in fact all you've done is is clock up the fact there's going to be a nasty man dressed as a big rat shouting at people <laughs> who is ridiculous and gets debunked at the end anyway you know yeah. so I, it just yeah yeah i was i was shocked and and just highly amused by this gentleman i think it's disappointing more than anything else that people feel they need to kind of over egg the pudding shall we say yeah yes we need yeah. to be careful yes we need to be aware of different beliefs, different choices, different life directions. But at the end of the day, Panto is the most wholesome family, harmless thing you can have on a stage. So do you know what? Yeah. Stop being a dick and go out and enjoy it. Well, I have to say, mate, I I, I totally agree with you. I mean, you know, let's just, let's just hope he can appreciate it if he goes and sees a pen. Come and see mine. Come and see yours. Yeah. You know? or, yeah. or go somewhere else. Like, just leave or, us or don't. Panto in yeah. peace. But anyway, yeah. enough of that. That off. Oh, yeah. Um, we, we've had an incredible show. It's been amazing to have Becky on. Fantastic, fantastic yeah. insight into the side of uh, the, the, the world of makeup and hair. And uh, very much looking forward to future guests. And of course, mate, spending some time with you next week. You've said it, mate. I'm looking forward to it. Brilliant stuff. Here's to you with your cup of tea. Yeah. And uh, good luck on the car hunt. Ladies and gents at home, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Take care, everyone. Cheers. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Drooling Semantics. Please make sure you subscribe to be notified every time a new episode is released. We're available on all good platforms or directly through our RSS feed. Don't forget to follow us on social media and you can even watch us on YouTube. All our links and handles are in the podcast details. We love welcoming new followers and subscribers, so why not share with your family and friends so they can join in too. Thanks very much. See you next time. Drooling Semantics.